sermon is entitled, Gifts That I Would Like to Give You at Christmas. Gifts That I'd Like to Give You at Christmas. And, you know, as I thought about the gifts that I want to give my family and gifts that I want to give the world, you know, if I could as a, as a pastor, I would love to be able to, to pray for every person and give them the, the gift of sight again. I'd, I'd love to see every blind person see. I'd love to be able to see every lame person walk. I, I would love to provide toys for every child around the world who doesn't know the joy of playing with a toy. I would love to take the steel braces away from the little legs of the crippled child, and, and I'd love to see that child run and run and play and jump again. I would, I would love to provide all the finances that people need so that they can get themselves on, on, on good financial footing. I, I would love to provide food for the hungry and clothes for the poor and money for the needy and counseling for the hurting and support for the weak. And as a father, I would love to give my kids everything that would make their hearts so glad. And as your pastor, I, I would love to, to be there to, to help you work through every situation in your life. I would love to give everything that I could to you and give you every gift that you need. And in this story, we find in Acts chapter 3, verse 1 to 6, that God teaches us a really important lesson about giving and receiving gifts. Now, it's not a typical Christmas scripture. You know, most people, when they talk about Christmas, they, they, they look in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, behold, a virgin will give birth to a child and they'll call him Emmanuel. God is with us. And, and by the way, don't miss next week, next week's incredible celebration. We're going to have an incredible concert on New Year's Eve. You don't want to miss it. But a lot of preachers, they'll go to Isaiah 7, 14. A lot of preachers will go to Isaiah 9, and they'll talk about how uh, God will come, and, and he'll be the, the prince of this world, and, and Christ himself will govern the world, and, and, and all the governments of this world will be upon his shoulder. Or we'll go to Luke chapter 1 or Matthew chapter 2, and, and we don't usually look in Acts chapter 3 for a Christmas sermon. But I noticed something powerful Last night, as I was reading again, Acts chapter 3, verses 1 to 6, and that is a story about giving and receiving. And on Christmas, I would love to look back at all the things that I've received in life, and I would love to be able to give all the great things that people want me to give. But in this story, we learn something that's so powerful. On this Christmas, I would like to encourage every one of us in this room to look beyond what we don't have, whether it might be possessions or talents or abilities, and start giving what we have. Peter said, I might not have silver and gold. He said, I might not have a lot of possessions in my life, but what I have, I give to you. And I suppose that Peter, every day he would go, as the Bible said, to the temple, and he would meet this crippled man. And I suppose that every day this crippled man reminded Peter of what Peter didn't have. Because this crippled man was looking for resources. He was looking for money. He was looking for a way out of his physical situation. He was looking for a way out of his poverty. And I suppose every single day, Peter was reminded of the things that he actually could not do for this man. And the truth is, sometimes we get so wrapped up in the things that we can't give 
We get so wrapped up in the things that we can't do. We get so wrapped up in our inability and our lack of talent and our lack of trying to do something that we get paralyzed and we don't do anything. You know, when we look at this world and we look at the craziness of this world, you know, last night I spoke about Jesus stepping into our mess, that when you look at the manger, we always look at mangers as, as really cute little things, and they look tidy, and they look neat, and they look, they look glorious, but the truth is a manger was a smelly and dirty place. And the reason why Jesus was born in a manger was to remind every one of us that Jesus was willing to step down into our mess. He was willing to step down into a messy world so that he could bring life and peace because we live in a, in a messy world. And the truth is when we look at our world and we look at the chaos of our world, we just want to basically hide in our church. We want to hide in our prayer closet and when we look at the mass of need around us, we, we just get so discouraged that we turn away because we feel like, well, if we can't meet all the need, we might as well do nothing. But I want to tell you today, instead of focusing on what you can't do and what you can't give, we've got to learn and understand that God has given us certain things. God's given us a seed. That's the miracle of Bethlehem, that God always uses a seed. He always uses a little something to turn it into a big something. Somebody say amen. He uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. He uses a baby in a manger. He uses a teenager. He uses a, a gentleman who is a little confused about the whole thing when his girlfriend, his fiance, said, hey, I'm pregnant. And he said, I didn't do it. But that's the way God works. He always takes the little. So Peter actually decides to stop making excuses. He says, you know what? I don't have silver or gold. But what I have, I want to give to you. See, every day this man reminded him of his limitations. And I think Peter had to get to the point in his life where he recognized that he had something to give to this man. And the truth is today, we have something that we can give. And I'm sure if Peter could, he would have given this lame man a million dollars. He would, have, he would have gotten him the best doctors. He would have found the best therapist in Jerusalem. And I'm sure if Peter could, he would have given this man what he needed. But you see, sometimes we've got to get to the place in our life where we recognize that the things that we think are the most important are really not the most important things. You know, we want to give our children, listen to me, we want to give our children nice things. I don't know about you, but boy, oh boy, when Christmas rolls around, I get a long list of stuff that they want. And the truth is, I want to see them smile at Christmas. We have a tradition every Christmas morning we get up. In fact, my daughter, my oldest daughter is 27 years old. My middle daughter is 24. And my third daughter is almost 22. And the truth is that all three of them on, Chris, on Christmas Eve, they actually blow up these blow-up mattresses, and they sleep in the living room. They still put the cookies out, and they write me a little note, and they say, I hope Santa gives me some money because I can use it this year. <laughs> now, I can't understand why he gets the credit for all the hard work that I do. I could never understand that. And they wake up early in the morning, we have breakfast together, and we gather around the tree, and we open up the gifts. But here's what I, I recognize, as, as much as those gifts are precious, and, and they're so special, and they open it up, those things are going to fade away. And the truth is, there's something that I can give my kids 
that, that the Bible says rust or morth or anything else cannot take it away from them. Jesus said we are to store up our treasures in heaven. Now, I'm not suggesting that we don't give good gifts to our kids, but I am suggesting that we look a little deeper. I'm reminded, you see, of my own limitations as a father. I'm reminded of my own limitations as a pastor. And I wish I could help every marriage heal. And I, I wish I could restore every broken relationship. And I, I wish I could make cancer disappear. And I wish I could bring total relief to every person to fill every pain and despair and loneliness and heartache. And I wish I could have every resource to give to my children. But the truth is, I can't. But I can realize that there's something deep within every one of us that God places in us because of the Christmas, Christmas miracle. Because of the Bethlehem miracle, I know that God has placed some incredible things in me. And the truth is, I've been allowing my inabilities to keep me from reaching out in faith sometimes. Sometimes we allow our limitations to keep us from helping somebody that's right in front of us. You know, somebody once said, a wise Jewish man said, when you help one person, when you save one life, you save the world. When you save one life, you, you save the world. And see, the truth is sometimes we're paralyzed by our inability. But you see, Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give unto you. On that day, something changed in Peter. He recognized that there was something inside of him that he had. I, I suppose maybe that Peter forgot his wallet that day because every, every time he went to the temple, he just took a little bit out and gave it to this man as if that was really going to change his life. If it changed his life, he wouldn't have been there every day. So Peter was at that point where he recognized that he had to dig a little deeper. And I'm, I'm suggesting to you today, if you're sitting in the balcony, if you're in the cafe, wherever you are, that on this Christmas, I want to challenge you to dig a little deeper. To, to dig a little deeper and see the things that you really have deep on the inside of who you are. You see, because Peter said, what I have, I can give to you. And what did Peter have? I love what it says. The Bible says that Peter was willing to give him Jesus. Peter had Jesus. But what else did Peter have? Well, Peter had faith. You see, I'm determined today to encourage you to give the very best that you have to your family. To give the very best that you have to your children. To give the very best that you have to this lost and dying world. To give the very best that you have to your neighbors. And listen, I'm not saying that you shouldn't bake a cake and bring it to your neighbors, but bring them something more than that. Here's what Paul the Apostle said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He said, if I speak in tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move the mountains, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give all that I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flame, but I have not love, I gain nothing. And Paul goes on to say in verse 13, but now these three things I do have that I can pass on to someone else. These three things I do have and they remain and I can pass it on to the needy. I can pass it on to my children so that they can pass it on to their children and so on and so on. He said, and these three things remain. What are they? Faith hope and love faith hope and love and this christmas i might not be able to make every sick person well and i might not be able to help restore every marriage or feed every hungry person 
but I can give somebody today the gift of faith. I can give somebody the gift of hope today. I can give somebody the gift of love today. I can give somebody the gift of shalom, the gift of peace. As Jesus said to his disciples that when you go into a home, leave that peace that you have with somebody else. And I want to encourage you today that you've got something deep inside of you. You've got a seed of faith. You've got a seed of hope. You've got a seed of peace. You've got a seed of love on the inside. And we've got to go deeper. We've got to dig deeper. And we've got to pass it on to the next generation. And we've got to pass it on to our neighbors as Jesus said love the Lord your God with all your heart soul strength and mind and love your neighbor as yourself I don't know about you but the truth is what I really need is faith and so if I need it my neighbor my neighbor needs it if I need it and the truth is the people around me need it listen what Peter says about faith he says these have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by the fire may be proven genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Listen to me, my friend. This Christmas, your family honestly doesn't need more things. So you could take it all back. And all the children said, no. Your family doesn't need a bigger house or better cars. Your family needs your faith. Listen to me, dad. Listen to me, husband. Listen to me, mom. They need someone who can believe God's word when it comes to faith. They need a dad that knows how to pray with faith. They need a father who's a man of faith. They need a mother who's a woman of faith. Why? Because when hard times come, when the enemy comes to try to destroy your family, when sickness and disease threatens to destroy our peace of mind and heart when finances run dry. Listen, Dad, when your family goes through tough times, when they go through the fire, when your family really goes through a, a situation that, that, that is impossible to buy yourself out of it, it's your faith that's going to pull your family through tough times when the difficult times come. Somebody say amen. amen. You see, the greatest thing I can give somebody is my faith. Abraham was a man of faith. He was. And because he was a man of faith, listen to me, he today gave us all the gift of the Messiah. Can you imagine that? One man's faith. The Bible says, and through this one man, the whole earth would be blessed with a gift. Because he was willing to trust God. He left his faith to his son Isaac. And Isaac left his faith to his son Jacob. And Jacob left his son uh, the faith movement and, and so on and so on and so on and so on. You see, we've got that seed of faith and we've got to pass it on to someone else. Peter said to this crippled man, I might not have money and I might not have silver and I might not have gold, but what I have and I have faith, I'm going to give you that faith in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. You see, faith is the most powerful thing we have in this world. Faith moves mountains, hallelujah. Faith changes things. Faith is the key that unlocks the door to the miraculous, not only in your life, but in the life of your kids. 
And I know that it's easier to write a check out or buy something for your kids. And it's not so easy to pass on your faith. But I promise you, Dad, that the greatest thing that you can give your son, the greatest thing that you can give your daughter is that you would pass on your faith to them so that when they're in the midst of a trial, when they're in the midst of a situation that needs a mighty God, they can say, I know the God of my father. I know the God of my mother. I know that God can do all things. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Pass on the gift of faith hallelujah I have a box would you get me that box right underneath the seat and bring it to me because you see every one of us in this room we have to we have to bring gifts every time we go to someone's house that's the right thing to do so in this house this morning I want to give you some gifts how many of you want a gift anybody want a gift Who said me real loud? Come on up here. Come on up here. Come on. Come on. Come on. Run, run, run. Run. She's crawling under the seats. She's crawling under the seats. Come on. Down. The price is right. She's going to be highly disappointed. Stand over here. Does she not look fabulous? Oh, we have another one, too. Come on up here. So I want you to hold that up nice and high. Get your pictures and cameras out. And it comes with another deal. Look at this. Two for one. Because the second thing that I want to give my, the people that I love in my life, I want you to hold this up, is hope. Hold it up high. Get your cameras out. The cutest thing you've ever seen. Hope. You see, the second gift that we can all give at Christmas is, is hope. See, we might not be rich. We not, might not possess a great deal of wealth. We might not be able to give a great deal of material things to our family, to the people that we love. But my friend, we are hope dealers. We possess hope. Hallelujah. We possess a hope that no one can steal. We possess a hope that goes beyond the Christmas tree, beyond the manger in Bethlehem, beyond the giving and receiving of gifts once a year. We have an anchor that secures and fastens our soul in times of difficulty. Paul the Apostle said these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And no matter what, nothing can take away our hope. Paul declared in Romans chapter 15, verse 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And my prayer for you today, how you doing, guys? You getting tired? Are your arms getting tired? Do you want to sit down? Are you okay? Do you want to sit down on the hay over there? Go ahead. Let me see. Come here. You want to sit down on the hay? Go ahead. Sit over there on the hay. There you go. Get that picture. It's a good one. It's a good one. Look at that. That is awesome. I'm such a blessed pastor. My prayer for you is that your hope would overflow. 
Because you see, hope is such a powerful thing. And the truth is, what this world needs today is not new iPhones. What this world needs today is not new clothes. What this world really needs is hope. And your children, they need to know that you are a hope dealer, that you believe that God is your hope, that there is a hope no matter what happens all around. They can turn on the TV and they can see the news and all that's happening. But I want you to know that Jesus, when he came and he died on the cross and he rose again, he declared to you and I, no matter what goes on in our life, God gives us hope. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We have hope. My friend, we as Christians possess a hope that one day the angel of the Lord will blow the trumpet of Christ and the dead in Christ shall rise and we that remain shall be caught up to meet them in the air. We have a hope that not only did Jesus come one time as a baby, but he's coming again as a reigning king and Lord and Savior. See, if, if we just have hope in the Christmas morning and we don't move past Christmas morning to the cross and to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, then we just have a hope in a baby. But I don't have a hope in just a baby. I have a hope in a reigning king. He is Lord. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh, and we beheld his glory that came from the Father. He was full of grace and truth. You know, Paul the Apostle calls it the blessed hope. He says, one day we're looking for that blessed hope. And where did it start? It started in Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that day and forever, the zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. Jesus is preparing a place for you and I in heaven. He said, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I'm going away to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you might be also. No matter what you go through in your life, listen to me. No matter what you face in your life, you have a hope in Christ. We have a hope in Christ that we're going to see Jesus face to face that's why Paul the Apostle declared in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. I love what Paul says in Titus chapter 2. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. For the grace of God. Grace appeared in the manger. Grace appeared on the cross. And grace appeared at the resurrection. And grace is seated in heaven. Notice what he said. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us to deny the ungodliness of this world, that we should live soberly in righteousness and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope. Everybody say blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And my friend, in this world that is filled with despair materialism and false security where people are filled with so much pain from their past and anxiety over their life 
and fear of the future and unhappiness, even when they have so much, we can give them the gift of hope. The truth of the matter is, is that what people need more than anything else today is a dose of hope. There are people in hospitals and people that are locked away in their homes and people that are locked away in prison and people that are locked away in fear and depression and loneliness and anxiety. And we can give them the gift of hope. Peter said, silver and gold I don't have, but I have hope and I choose to give you this hope. I'm going to give you a new lease on life. I'm going to give you something that will cause you to rise up. And the Bible says that he jumped to his feet and began to walk. And then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And all, when all the people had saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging in the temple gate, beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened. They also, listen to me, were filled with wonder and amazement. Let me ask you a question. Do your neighbors look at you with wonder? Now, I know some of you, they look at you like they wonder what planet you came from. But, but do they wonder, what is it that is so different about my neighbor to the right? What's so different about that family? No matter what they go through in their life, they seem to still have hope. They seem to still have an, an amazing ability to have joy in their life. People should look at you on December 26th when you go back to work and wonder, wow. That person has it together. That person has hope. That person has a peace that goes beyond this world. And the third thing that I would give is love. So I need another volunteer. Do we have any more cute volunteers? Anybody? Do we have a cute volunteer for the hope sign? Anybody? Yeah, after I wasn't giving out any money, they stopped. Anybody want to hold a hope? Oh, here he is. Give this young man a big hand. You stand right over there. Because you're going to be Joseph. <laughs> Paul declares these three things remain. Faith, hope, but the greatest of all of those things is love. Paul said, I can do all these things, but if I don't have love, I am nothing. And my friend, what your family needs, what this world needs, what your children needs is the love of God that is flowing through your life. They need a love that is patient. As Paul the Apostle said, love is patient, love is kind. Love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Love is patient. Love does not envy. Love isn't rude. It isn't self-seeking. It isn't easily angered. And I wonder, Dad, how often do you fly off the handle? Mom, how often do you get angry and speak words of death instead of words of life? You can bring the gift of love to your children. I don't know about you, but I think it's really important to tell our children that we love them. I think it's so important to speak words of life over our children every day. How often do you tell your children that you love them? In fact, I want you to give today. When you leave this place today, I know some of you have not opened your gifts yet. Maybe you have opened your gifts. I want you to get on the phone or I want you to go home and I want you to give your kids the biggest hug and I want you to look at them straight in their face and I want you to say, you know what, I love you.
And I think you're so special. You know, sometimes I think it's easier to give somebody a gift than it is to look at them straight in their face and tell them that they are loved. If you're a son or a daughter, I want you to go to your mom or dad. I want you to give them the biggest hug you can and look them in their face and say, I love you. And after they get off the floor and you've given them resuscitation and some oxygen, I want you to remind them again of how much you appreciate them and how much you love them. But, but love doesn't come just with words, and love doesn't come just with presence, but love comes with action. I want to encourage you young people today, your mom, listen to me, and all the moms are going to say amen to this, your mom worked really hard for the last couple of weeks to make your day really special. And I think today, after dinner, you need to say to mom, mom, sit down. We're cleaning the dishes. And after she gets up off the floor, mom, look at all the moms. They're like, yes! See, love is not just the word. It's not just the gift that we give once a year. But love is an action. Love is an action of being kind and patient and loving, supportive, generous with our affection, generous with our words, generous with our actions, love that doesn't delight in evil but is holy and righteous, a love that protects against gossip and backbiting, a love that protects against hurts and unnecessary pain, a love that trusts in God's grace, a love that perseveres because God's love never fails. Gifts are going to rot away, but God's love never fails. And my friend, the tree is eventually going to die if it hasn't already died. And the gifts will all fade back into the backdrop of life's pain and struggle. And the lights on the tree will be put away. And the season will soon fade into the cold days of winter. But love never fails. Love keeps on giving all year long. This Christmas, husband, give your wife the gift that keeps on giving. Children, give the gift that keeps on giving. Wife, give the gift that keeps on trusting, persevering, forgiving, and rejoicing. Young person, give the gift that keeps on going on. Keep on obeying. Keep on honoring. Love is not rude. is not self-seeking. Give the gift of love. And lastly, I need one more volunteer. One more volunteer. Anybody? I need to take her. Come on, come on, come on, quickly, quickly. Oh, there she is, my little Charlie. You look fabulous today. You really do. Wow. Here you go. Hold that. And you're going to be Mary. <laughs> Dearly beloved, we have gathered together in the sight of God. <laughs> Folks, get your cameras out because this is an awesome picture right there. And the last thing that I would tell you to give to others is peace. And you know how you spell peace? J-E-S-U-S. Because -S. the Bible says as the worship team comes that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And so this Christmas, have a blast. Eat all of your bacala and your bacalao and your curry chicken man and your curry goat man and your empanadas and all those wonderful things that you eat and all the wonderful things that you celebrate. But listen to me. Look at me as I close. But dig a little deeper this Christmas.
Dig a little deep. After all the gifts have been opened and all the wrapping paper has been thrown away, dig a little deeper and say, God, help me to give the best gifts of all. Help me to give the gift of faith. Pass it on to my kids. Maybe today, Dad, this Christmas morning, the greatest gift that you can give your family is to get right with God today. Maybe the greatest gift that you can give to your children is that you enter into a peaceful relationship with God. You surrender. You stop running from God. You know, to be honest with you, this morning before I spoke, I looked at some of your faces and I said to myself, God, I wonder. I know they believe in Jesus, but I wonder how it connects in their life on a daily basis. Because if Jesus doesn't connect in your life on a daily basis, then it's not real faith. If Tuesday morning comes and you're still not worshiping God, if Tuesday morning comes and you're still not trusting God, then it was just a religious observance. You put on your Sunday best and you came to Christmas service. But the truth is, faith without works is dead. It's just a religion. And God wants you to go beyond just religion to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Mom, maybe tonight, today is the moment that you say, yes, Lord, I need to surrender my life to you, Lord. My life is out of order. My life is messy and chaotic. I have no hope. I have no peace. And as a result, so often I have no love because I'm just empty on the inside. Today, you can give your life to Christ. Would you bow your heads with me? Would you close your eyes? And would you pray this simple prayer with me and join me in reaching down a little deeper and saying this Christmas I want to give the best gifts of all faith hope love and peace Lord we pray today that we would not be superficial Christians Lord Lord I thank you for the joy of Christmas I thank you for the fun the excitement and Lord, I thank you for the gifts that I receive, Lord, and the gifts that I'm able to give. But Lord, this Christmas, help me to dig a little deeper, God. Help me to be a man of faith, Lord. Help me, oh God. I want every dad in this room, every man, every young person, every young man, I want you to pray this simple prayer with me right now. God, I didn't hear you. Better. I heard some ladies. That's weird. That's just weird. I'm just telling you. All the men, God, help me to be a man of faith. Help me to pass my faith onto someone else. Help me to be a man of hope. When the world is hopeless, help me to be hopeful. Help me to really be a man of love. Help me to be a man of action. And help me to be a man of peace. And help me to pass it on. I want all the women in the room to say, God, that's good. Help me to be a woman of faith. Help me to believe. When I can't see, help me to trust. Help me to be a woman of hope. 
that when everything looks hopeless, I will remain hopeful. Help me to be a woman of peace. Help me to be at peace deep on the inside so I can display love to this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe you're here today, you say, Pastor, today's the day that I want to surrender my life to Christ. I realized today, Pastor, as you were talking, that while I've provided so many good things for my children, that I have lacked in the area of providing the deepest, most important things in life, and that is faith, hope, love, and peace. Because, Dad, the truth is, when it's all said and done, that's all that's going to matter to your children. You say, Pastor, I, I just need Christ to be my Savior, my Lord, today. I'm, I'm not certain that if I died, I'd go to heaven. And I want to ask Christ to be my Savior. Just with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, between me, you, and God, just raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me this Christmas. I want to be a person of faith. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. All over this place. God bless you. Right after the service, God bless you for that hand. I'm going to be standing right down here. And please, before you leave, I want to shake your hand. And I want to congratulate you for saying, I want to be a person of faith. And I have a gift for you that I want to give you as a Christmas gift to you from Bethlehem Assembly of God. Can you all stand to your feet as Anthony leads us in one last song together?
and silent night, holy I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. As soon as I dismiss, please come for a moment. I want to shake your hand and I want to say congratulations for the best decision you could ever make in your life is to make Jesus Lord of your life. Now, may God bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. And may you know that Christmas can last all year long. God bless you. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. We love you. God bless you. Have a great day.